Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Welcome back to Money FM 89.3. There is brewing uncertainty and volatility in the markets, at least for this first quarter. And with a lot of potential risks to take stock of, the big question is what are fund selectors across the world actually making or, uh, or uh, digesting? How are they digesting some of these concerns heading into the new year? Well, you know, Natixis Investment Managers actually conducted a very broad survey of fund selectors, um, and they did reveal some very interesting uh, uh, you know, insights, at least, as to what they're watching out for in terms of risks and even opportunities. Well, Today on Money FM 88.3, we're joined by Ms. Madeline Ho, who is the head of wholesale fund distribution for the Asia Pacific and also the CEO for Singapore at Natixis Investment Manager. She's here to talk to us about some of these results and what lessons we can glean. Ms. Ho, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. Welcome to back to the show. I hope you're having a great start to the week. Thank you for having me, JB. JP. All right. So, so let's talk about Natix's recent survey of these fund selectors. Help us understand who you spoke to, how many fund selectors you spoke to as well, and what they're most worried about heading deeper into this new year. Well, this is a survey that we do annually. So the Natix's investment manager was conducted by Core Data Research, an external agency, uh, in November and December of 2021. The survey included 436 respondents in 23 countries throughout North America, Asia, Latin America, Europe, and the Middle East. And respondents included uh, private banks, family offices, uh, fund of funds, wealth managers around the world. Now, in terms of portfolio risk, inflation, interest rates, and volatility were highlighted as the biggest concerns, although overall, there were limited shifts in terms of asset allocation, suggesting the perception that markets would still be supportive. All right. And you know, this has really been uh, something we've talked about ad infinitum, actually, over the last couple of months, really, these rising interest rates, inflation becoming a bit of a headache for markets that are trying to adjust to this new reality. But how are fund selectors positioning themselves in terms of hedging versus some of these inflationary risks that almost seem a certainty at now? Well, some fund selectors are looking at positioning because fixed income instruments, uh, which will do better in a rising rate environment. So, for example, strategies like corporate senior loans, inflation hedge instruments, floating rates instruments, etc. In the equity space, some clients are making tactical adjustments to certain sectors which may do well in a rising rate environment. So, for example, financials and value stocks. And some are also looking into the private asset space uh, in order to hedge against the uh, inflation. So, for example, real estate is an asset class that has a long-held reputation for being an inflation hedge as property prices and rental income tends to rise together with the inflation rate. Now, another strategy in the private asset space that could be of interest to investors uh, is corporate subordinated debt strategy, which gives investors access to parts of the market's that are not necessarily available in the public market and to yield levels that can be considerably higher than on high yield bonds, for example. So corporate loans also hatch, uh, is also a good hatch against inflation as they usually ch- uh, charge interest at a floating rate, which keeps up with the inflation rate. All right. It's very interesting because you did mention that there are a couple of sectors, actually, that might still provide a good hedge against some of these rising inflation. Um, it was highlighted in the report, though, that the reopening trade is still a factor for fund selectors in uh, with regards to some of these sector calls we were alluding to. Um, how is this so? So um, certainly the survey suggests that three-quarters of respondents expect the reopen trade to outperform versus the stay-at-home trade. So for example, uh, some of the sectoral calls that were highlighted in the survey includes energy, uh, followed by financials and healthcare. 
All right, we're we'll speaking to uh, Madeline Ho, the head of wholesale fund distribution for the Asia Pacific and the CEO of, of Natixis Investment Managers here in Singapore. Of course, we're speaking on Money FM 89.3 about the recent survey of fund selectors and what they're preparing themselves more again for, for in terms of risks. Now, I do want to ask, when you take a look at how all these fund selectors are, perform, are, how, are bracing themselves for this year, is there a difference between how Asian fund selectors are positioning themselves in this new market landscape as compared to, say, some of their Western counterparts? Any interesting um, insights that the survey perhaps gleaned as to how Asian fund selectors might be um, viewing all of this uh, uncertainty versus, say, some of their counterparts out West? Well, in terms of asset allocation, at a very, very uh, top level, there's very limited uh, adjustments. Uh, we'll accept to say that Asian fund selectors uh, tend, tend to actually have a slightly higher focus in fixed income compared to the Western counterparts. Likewise, in the space of alternative, we see a slightly higher percentage allocation in alternative in Western uh, fund selectors versus Asian fund selectors. Perhaps this could be due to the fact that the concept of alternative is newer in Asia. In terms of region uh, for equities, I would say the, the stark difference would be in the space for European equities, where only 18% of Asian fund selectors expecting to increase its weight versus 38% globally. And in the Asian equity space, it is the reverse trend, with 65% of Asian fund selectors increasing its allocation versus 36% globally. I would guess it's not hard to understand. Europe has never really been a big region for Asian investors uh, to invest in. Um, and in the latter, I would think it is due to the home bias defect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been heralded in the report that ESG is becoming a key to sound investing. Um, how might ESG practices lead towards both sound investing and even managing some of the risks we've, we've uh, highlighted, both in the short and the long term, Ms. Ho? Well, intuitively speaking, a company that takes care of the environment and does well by the society, and with all things being equal, in the wrong run, would be a good company. Here, we're not talking about giving up on financial due diligence for the sake of ESG. So we need to assume that the financial aspect of the company is sound, and with the consideration for ESG aspect of the company can only improve the robustness of how investors view this company. Now, stock prices are very often moved by intangibles, so any bad news on this aspect can equally jostle the price of the stock in the short term. And clearly, over the long term, this will also impact not just how the company is being viewed upon by the market, but also effects, uh, but also has an impact on its business prospect, earnings, and so on. Is it important to be able to try to communicate how ESG practices perhaps dovetail and support rather than, than contradict um, a profitability goals, uh, in the, especially in the long term? Yeah, I think I think so. I think with you know the continued focus on ESG, I think uh, companies you know are starting to actually uh, be you know positioning themselves as well as conveying that part of how they actually handle the ESG aspect to the market, not only just for short term gain, but also for the long term. You know, to 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 allow you know its customers, its clients, and the market on how they actually view the company in the long term. Indeed. Now, uh, finally, uh, it's it's a very interesting uh, report and survey from Natixis Investment Managers here. Um, But the question now is, if the road ahead is bumpier and more volatile, how crucial and tricky, perhaps, is it to manage client expectations? Basically, it almost feels like there is a sense of uh, uh, having to keep it real, for lack of a better term, with some of uh, some clients. I mean, how important and tricky is it, perhaps, to try and manage client expectations if the road is going to be bumpy? Well, you're absolutely right. Managing the client's expectation is key. So as a starting point, investors need to understand that with low rates, supporters 
central bank policies in the past, it has helped markets and valuations to rise in strongly. And while we do not expect a bear market scenario, return expectations should be more normalised over time. Corrections in the market as what we had seen in the past month or so is expected. Diversification is also and therefore even more important if we are expecting a bumpy road ahead with occasional uh, volatilities along the way. Model portfolio is a good and systematic way of staying invested in the markets and taking emotions out of investing. I think overall markets are still supportive, as suggested from the survey, and with a disciplined and diversified approach to investing, we can ride the volatility in our strike. Right, uh, but managing ex- emotions, easier said than done though, isn't it? I mean, how emotional might things get if things continue to stay volatile for, for at, maybe at least for the next couple of months? Well, I guess, you know, the starting point is people have to understand, you know, that, you know, valuations have been quite lofty and therefore corrections are expected. And taking emotions out of investing, one of the good ways is through regular investing. You know, you can never call the bottom of the market. And therefore, when you feel that, you know, the market has actually taken some money off the table, it is good to sort of, like, you know, put a little bit back into the market. So it is important to uh, remember that, you know, financial uh, planning is a long-term journey. It's not going to be decided by the short-term market volatility over this month, next month, or the next next month. We need to stay focused on what we want to achieve in the long term. And, you know, actually, you know, when markets are volatile, you can actually uh, invest based on dips in the market and long term, you know, uh, build up a good portfolio on this basis. Wise words indeed. Stay the course and keep your eyes on the prize, especially if it is a long-term goal. I'd like to thank Madeline Ho, Head of Wholesale Fund Distribution for the Asia-Pacific and also the Singapore CEO for Natixis Investment Managers for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 and sharing some of the key insights from the recent survey of fund selectors and what these fund selectors are worried about this year and how they're preparing for that. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to the next time you can join the show. Meanwhile, do stay safe and I hope you have a great rest of the week ahead, ma'am. My pleasure indeed, JP. Thank you for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.